Hi, I'm Melanie Patterson from Christchurch in New Zealand. Dale Prinsker from Pretoria. Anand Trivedi from India. Sue Crawford from Peter Maritzburg. Patrick Miner from Nairobi, Kenya. Kazal Roberts from Sanderton and Mpumbalanga. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Numte Tangobese from Deben in South Africa. I'm Patrick from the shores of Lake Geneva in Switzerland. And you're listening to Run with Coach Perry. Welcome on to this edition of Run with Coach Perry. I'm Brad Brown, and it's a great pleasure to welcome you back onto the podcast. Thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and thanks for being with us. And hopefully uh, you'll get something out of this podcast as well. And I'm pretty uh, excited to welcome our next guest onto the show because... Uh, it's just over a year ago that we uh, met for the first time. We had spoken a few times online, and uh, the name pops up every now and again in the in the forums on the Coach Parry site and uh, with the webinars and that sort of thing. But before we get to our guests, let's uh, welcome Lindsay Parry onto the podcast. Lindsay, welcome back. Nice to touch base with you. How's it, yeah? Always um, good and always fun to do these. Well, Lindsay, I'm quite excited to welcome Jim Panton on to, to the podcast. And uh, Jim's uh, an ex-South African who's living in Edinburgh in Scotland. And if you've listened to the last few weeks of the podcast, you will have heard uh, Jim's uh, name and intro on the intro of the podcast. So it's the second time, technically, we're getting you on the podcast. Jim, welcome on to Run. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Yeah, thanks very much. Great to be on. Jim, it's uh, summer, and I use the term very loosely in Edinburgh because it, uh, it's a bit gloomy today as we're recording this, but you've had a couple of days of sunshine. Is that summer over now? Is, is it now batting up the hatches? Winter's coming? If we get two days of summer in Scotland, normally people are out with their shirts off, and it got above 20 degrees, so there were a lot of very white, naked people running around. <laughs> um, but uh, um, it, um, it, it's back to 14, 15 degrees, so normal services resumed i love it well jim before we jump into to getting Lindsay to help you and 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 sort of get those goals sort of in place for for the next year with your running some people who've been listening to podcasts that i've been doing for a while might recognize your voice because i had a chat to you it was around comrades in 20 what year are we now 2016 i think it was that we had a chat and and you've got a pretty interesting comrades story that's connected to bruce fordyce and uh, a, a very interesting run you did in Bosnia. Tell us, tell us the, the, the abridged version of that, because uh, if people haven't heard it, it's quite a cool story. Yeah, so in, in a nutshell, I, having grown up in South Africa, living on the route of the, of the comrades, I was determined one day I was going to do it, but moved to the UK as a teenager, um, so didn't get a chance. I joined the British Army, and in the late 90s, I was serving in Bosnia with the British Army, and a bit fed up um, with with not a huge amount going on out there, decided that we would do a duplicate. If I couldn't do the real run, we'd do a duplicate. And we, we did a 90-kilometer um, a run across Bosnia um, in a group of 10 um, uh, that uh, finished in the Olympic Stadium um, in Sarajevo. We managed to convince, at the last minute, we managed to convince Bruce Fordas and Steve Graham to join us. So um, they came out from South Africa and the UK and ran with us. And we did that run in nine hours and 46 minutes, which is becomes a repeated time in a minute um and it was fantastic effectively my first comrades but not the real comrades and running with bruce and steve was was an amazing story at the time and a, a real um uh, memory to take take to the grandkids in future i, I love you, you told me the story as well about having to to pee along the route that you weren't allowed to step off the road you had to pee in the middle of the road because of landmines well, this is one of Bruce Fordyce's favorite stories, actually, because he found that quite extraordinary that um, because, the, I mean, in all seriousness, that it was a war zone, we had to um, up the level of security around us quite a bit. And, um, yeah, you weren't allowed to step off the tarmac roads because there was quite a lot of very old um, war zone uh, landmines around. Um, 
So yeah, peeing was done on the road. You couldn't step off. It's like the second half of Comrades. Uh, early on in Comrades, people go into the bushes, but by the time the second half comes, you're so naked, you couldn't give a stuff. You just pee in the middle of the you road. That's be, the way it is. Yeah, you, you can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a having, having idolized Bruce Fordhouse as a kid, watching him win race after race. It was an interesting introduction to him to be seeing him peeing on the, on the road without having to step off the road um, in the early stages of getting to know him. I still love that story. I think it's it's fantastic. Jim, from a running perspective, you mentioned growing up and comrades always being sort of on the bucket list and, and wanting to do it. Being in Scotland, obviously, it's a long way to come. So you, you've run comrades now. You ran in, in 2016, and we'll get onto that in a moment. But what, what are some of the other things that you, you're running? What sort of distances and, and what, what sort of running background have you got? So as a, as a teenager, I did a lot of middle distance, and then, and then it's pretty much dried up a bit after that in my early 20s. Um, then the comrades bug kicked in, and a lot of my running has always just been about comrades. Um, I did, uh, having done the Bosnia run in 98, Bruce Fordyce invited us uh, with a bit, bit of a uh, show for the next year. So I did two in 99 and 2000. And interesting enough, we did the down run in 99 in, uh, in nine hours and 45, about a minute different from the Bosnia run. Um, and then in 2000 for the back-to-back was an up run. And that was the first year they had the Bill Rowan. So we were determined, or I was determined that I might get a Bill Rowan in, my, in the first year they had it. Having done 9.46 twice, I figured it was on the cards. But I blew up badly on the up run and finished in 10.15. And then having done the back-to-back, living in the UK, at that point I had small children. The whole thing kind of stopped. Um, and I didn't really do much at all until probably about a year and a half ago when I decided that as I approach 50 now, um, that Bill Rowan has got to be done. So um, I put a whole lot of effort into the 2016 down run, did about 1,600 kilometers in training, very kind of much the same kind of thing all the time, just long runs, long runs, long runs um, on a weekly structure, which had short, medium, and long, and um, and did nine hours 49 last year. So <laughs> um, it was... Uh, it, it, it ended up in a point where I, I thought, well, that's it. That's my last attempt. And after Comrades last year, I thought, actually, I made a, a, a few errors. My qualifying time was 3.39. I pushed it pretty hard to get that 3.39. That's probably outside the Bill Rowan zone. Um, and I just looked at what I could do differently. So in the last year, I've concentrated on short distances, mainly 5, 10, and half marathons. I've got my times down dramatically on all those. I changed my diet for the first time in my life. I've lost around 15 kilograms in the last year and a bit. None of my clothes fit me anymore, which is a complete nightmare. And um, and yesterday I did. Um, I was building up to a marathon, which is my um, um, my kind of alternative for this time of year of not being able to do and missing out on the 2017 comrades. Um, I did a three-hour 23 marathon yesterday, which um, 17 minutes off my my qualifier last year. I was very pleased with. So so now it's a case of I've got my speed up a bit on the short distance. Um, I've got a marathon down to 323. Um, what do I do for the next year in the run up to, to 2018? How can I up my speed? So I keep my speed and up my distance. Uh, what is the blend I need to do over the next year now that I've concentrated on this short distance for, for the last year? That's awesome. I'm going to hand you over to Lindsay. Lindsay, that's your baby. Yeah, so I've got a couple of questions about the, the marathon that you ran. Um, and congratulations, it's always awesome getting a PB. Um, so based on your shorter distances, I mean, you've done a phenomenal job on your even shorter than, than marathon. And as you said earlier, yesterday did conspire slightly against you, although 23, 24 degrees wouldn't be 
constituted as, as warm in South Africa. Um, it's, it's particularly warm when you're used to 14 degrees. And also we know from loads of, of research articles that as you go north of 14 degrees, your body does struggle to dissipate heat more and more. So, you know, you, you probably would have got your 320, um, which was your original goal had you been faced with 14 degrees. But what I wanted to ask you, um, and I'm going to just give you a little bit of context before I ask that, because if we look at your 5K um, PV at the moment with 1909, uh, you should then have a 10K PV of just under 39 minutes. Um, but, you know, you only did two races, so you may not have hit your, your straps there. Your 16K PB is exactly in line with your park run or your, your 5K PB of 1919. 106 something is exactly what you, you should be doing. And your half marathon is pretty close. It's one, uh, you're about 30, 23 seconds off what I predict your half marathon to be based on your, your 1909. So what that tells me is that your blend of the endurance versus the um, speed up to the half marathon is definitely in the right place. Um, 3.23 was your marathon time and your marathon based on your, your 5K PB should be around 3.07. Okay, so wow. um, it means that there is there was quite a bit lost over that, that yeah. Um, yeah, in that period. But we, we, I would say... I'd go as far as to say that you you probably lost between six and seven minutes on uh, just because of the the heat. So you're probably capable for sure of a three fifteen to three twenty. Um, but yeah, just t- talk me through a little bit the pacing. How did the the actual run progress? What did you go through halfway in? That's really interesting, actually. And you, I think you're spot on there with with that. Uh, the answer will kind of completely justify that. I um I, I ended up. Um, and, and actually, I think that's the challenge now for the next year. I'm really happy with the short speed, short distances and the speed, but how do I turn that into endurance? That has to be what I do for the next year, and I'm not quite sure how to do that. So in the run yesterday, um, I was doing four minute, tw- four minute thirty to four minute thirty five for the first um, probably fifteen kilometers, um, and then after that, it, it slipped to about four forty, four forty five, which I was okay with because I was looking for four forty four um, average all the way through. But then from about 25Ks, it started to, to go, um, and I dropped about 450, knocking on five minutes. And the last 10K, I couldn't get below 515, 520. Okay. All right. And in the race, did you feel a gradual depletion of energy or gradually slowed down? Um, or did you feel in parts that you still felt reasonably strong, but you were just getting slower as you went? No, I felt the depletion of energy. And, and I, I mean, I've started to get a little bit used to this um, recently. And probably last year's Comrades was, was, was uh, 2016 Comrades was the, was, this, was the same thing. I feel absolutely fine cruising to halfway just beyond. And then fatigue sets in. I mean, it was hot in the Comrades for me, and it was hot yesterday. I read your blog about the, the running and heats. I'm going to get a treadmill in the garage and get the heater on for the next kind of eight or nine months. Um, so that, but I'm, I'm reasonably comfortable what to do there and to get used to the heat. But I do feel fatigue in the second half. And, it, and I, so I heard someone say recently that a, that a marathon is a, in miles here in the UK, they talk about miles all the time, the 26 miles. They say that it's a, 
they, they say it's a 20 mile training run and a 10 K race. Um, and, um, and I, and I feel pretty comfortable out to about two thirds of the way through. And then it's just absolute hammers and tongs, everything I've got with the fatigue kicking in all the way to the end. And I was pretty, I was pretty shot to pieces by the end. I had to lie down for quite a while. Okay. All right. So look, looking at what you are doing training wise, um, I like the the Monday uh, track that you've got going with the group um, and the variety through the year, and they probably work towards different things um, at different times of the year. So for, for most of your training, I would maintain that. Uh, next year, uh, and when I'm talking about next year, I'm talking about your kind of peak, your peak training time in, in March and April, I would then move away from that group and start working more specifically on on strengthening yourself for the hills that you are going to encounter. Although it's a down run, having run it before, you know, there's like monstrous hills yeah. um, that you have to, to run over. Um, and so I would change that speed work to strength work and, and that would be on the hills and that would take you, that would be uh, March and April. But really for now, I would continue to work on getting a little quicker if you can. Um, I know you're getting into your, your 50s, but you've had a long break from running. And I've seen people that take a break from running still get quicker right into their mid to late 50s before they then you know, start getting the normal, the normal slowing down with aging. So you probably still have a, a little bit where you can improve, although it's not necessary. It's still nice to, to always get a little bit quicker. I also like the rest day that you have on the Tuesday, um, which is after that session so that you can uh, recover well. But that Wednesday and Thursday is where I think you can make the most impact on, in terms of your endurance. So certainly regardless of the distance that you're training for, um, you know, 5Ks, you say 5 to 8, 5Ks is very much on the light end. Um, and then on the Thursday, the 10 to 15 is, it's okay if we, if we get a, a nice solid uh, Wednesday in. Um, but if we're going to, if you can only increase Wednesday slightly to say also 10 to 15, then I would look at taking Thursday to a 15 to 20. Um, and that, that will certainly help in terms of, of that balance. For, the, for marathon training, your Saturday also is pretty good, and the Sunday building up to to 38Ks um, is, is also fairly normal. Now, you can already see something quite obvious when you look at it. When you do, when you're preparing for the half, you are doing 25K as your longest run, which means that you've done a bit of over distance, okay? Now, that's not practical for either a marathon or for comrades or in particular for comrades. So how do you then counter that? So, so now we've done over distance for the half marathon. So psychologically you are very well prepared to race at 21 because you've run beyond that distance a couple of times. And number two, physiologically you're very well prepared because you've gone over that distance a couple of times. How do we, do the same thing for the marathon. Okay, so the first thing is the Wednesday, Thursday, if we up those a little bit and you want neither of those beyond 20. So one of those will be around 20 and the other one will then be 10 to 15 Ks. Okay, um, so that's the one area where we will fix it a little bit because then your cumulative mileage just gets a little bit more. 
um, your Saturday, which at the moment is a 10 to 20, when you're moving into the comrades training, it'll be much more regularly, it'll be a 20 rather than a 10. So you need to be nearer the, the, the 20K on a consistent basis. And then when you get to those long runs for, the, for a marathon, 38K will be good, but I would say that needs to be repeated probably four times in the build-up to, uh, to the marathon. Um, and then the consistency of having gone to that distance means that you will then develop that um, aerobic capacity that you need to then allow you to be stronger through that whole 42. Um, what you must be careful of is trying to train for comrades too far away from comrades. So we do want to fix the, 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 the balance, so to speak, but I would su suggest that what you do is you prepare yourself for another marathon towards the latter part of the year rather than a uh, rather than preparing yourself for comrades necessarily and the point of that marathon isn't necessarily to be to run a faster marathon than what you've already done but it's to get you to a point where you can run a much more comfortable marathon towards the end of the year close to that lifetime pb perhaps or maybe it's around 3.30, but the idea is that it will be a whole lot more comfortable than what you did. So you may not get anywhere near that 3.07, or maybe you will, but th that decision can be made closer to the time. Um, and then you start a gradual build-up to comrades from January, where your main period of fixing that endurance will take place in March and April. It will be happening on two levels. It will be happening with the, the – um, it will actually be happening on three levels. It will be happening with the heat acclimatization, which you've already um, going to sort out and made a plan for. It will be happening with building you strong and tough for those climbs. And then on the third level, it will be about getting this um, aerobic base or, or, the, or the conditioning and tying the speed together. And by doing that, when it comes to the actual comrades part of the training, then on the Wednesday, my recommendation would be to be running at least 20Ks, but a maximum of 25 on the Wednesday. On the Thursday, you'd be running 15Ks. On the Saturday, you'd be running 20 to 25 kilometers. And then on that Sunday, you pretty much won't, except in your recovery weeks, you pretty much won't run less than 35Ks um, on a weekend. So you're talking about an eight-week block where you'll run between 30 and 50Ks. Um, in the first four-week block, so you'll either you'll be running 30, 40, maybe 50 k's, uh, and then you'll have a bit of a recovery, and then you'll have another four-week block where you'll do pretty much the same, <clears throat> where you'll do 30, 40, and another 50 to 55. Then you'll do a bit of a recovery, and then you'll start your taper down into comrades, and and that will tie your speed, endurance together, and then you should end up coming to South Africa and running a pretty comfortable bull run, um, especially with the heat climatization being taken care of. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's really, really helpful. Just one quick thing, and it kind of uh, links, I think, with, with the talking about a marathon for, the, for this year. I think one of the mistakes I made in 2016 was um, I left my qualifier until March, um, and, and I was quite desperate to get below 340 to get into the, the pen at the start. 
um, and I and I hammered it pretty hard to get that. And I did a three thirty nine qualifier, and I've again I was kind of lying on the ground for quite a bit afterwards. Um, and I and I was just wondered afterwards whether that took more out of me than I really needed, um, and that instead of recovering from that, which my body needed, I would carried on straight away with the training program because it's the peak of training. So I'm just wondering whether. And, and what you've said actually fits very nicely with that. If I went for a marathon at the end of this calendar year, end of 2017, got my qualifier inside that kind of 3.30 zone. I mean, one more pen forward for 3.20 probably isn't going to make that much, much difference. Have a nice, comfortable 3.30, get in the right pen, um, not overdo it um, at the same time. But then I don't have to worry about qualifying in that peak period of March, April next year. I can just concentrate on a good, steady program. Absolutely. No, uh, that I will go with 100%. If for whatever reason the marathon doesn't work out, then again, I still looking at where you've progressed to, there's still the possibility of doing a late January, early February, um, 3.30 quite comfortably as a qualifier and then a bit of recovery and then you build up again and you hit that March and April. Those are your important months for comrades. But the ideal is absolutely if you do, if everything works out well, you continue to continue to improve and you end up going and running close to 320 or 320 to 330, but it's a whole lot more comfortable than what you did now. And then you get into a nice general groove again, keep yourself fit, strong, healthy, injury-free through to the end of Feb. And then March and April, you really just pile on those kilometers, um, recover through May, and hit yeah so sorry and next year the race is on the 10th of june so everything will move across by roughly 10 days but the principles will still remain the same i didn't know it was 10 june 2018 so that's great news to be able to start <laughs> planning already that's yeah. fantastic um yeah that, that's great i actually the, one of the things i learned this year and i run up to the marathon um th this weekend was was uh i had a pretty steady program building up the distances on the sunday but just for, for a bit of variety, I decided to do that 16K race in the middle of it. Um, and it was supposed to just be another training run. But as you say, I ran a time of 106, which is bang on the 19-minute the 5K. So I, 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 it was a fantastic day. I was in really good form. And I felt brilliant at the end of it. And I was so pleased with the time. But it, it was supposed to be a training run on the way to marathon. And then I was out training two days later. And I never felt the same again. For the next three or four weeks, I was really sluggish. And I think that affected my run-in. And that's what got me thinking about the qualifier in the middle of March, yeah. April, and the damage that can do. Yeah. And look, the lesson to take out of that is not to do no races, yeah. but it's to allow your body to recover adequately after each race. So every time you do something like that, give yourself at least a week where your training is right down. You don't have to do no training, but mm -hmm. just leave out the speed work, drop the volume, drop the intensity, allow your body to recover from that effort and then you 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 crack back onto the training and um, look the longer the races that you do the more likely it is to have the effect that you had so perhaps a 10 miler already tells us that the 10 miler is a little bit too far yeah. and that when you do want to test yourself your park run or a 10k is is perhaps more appropriate fantastic that is really really helpful and i'm, I'm 
just fantastic. I'm really, really motivated by that. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and it's funny. If, if I can just jump in there, Lindsay, that's a mistake that a lot of runners make, uh, particularly in that, that the, the first half of the year before a Comrades, where, where they've been training for Comrades for, for 12 months from the previous Comrades. Like you say, they, they're not training for a marathon in November. They're training for Comrades the next year. And then they're trying to smash race after race after race, and then they wonder why they feel terrible on race day at Comrades. Yeah, a lot of people get sucked into the seeding trap. Um, and really, once you once you move past de-seeding, you can add roughly two minutes per seeding pin as you move back. Um, and unfortunately, what happens is that people save themselves two minutes on race day by smashing themselves in a marathon to dip just under, be it 320 or 340 or, or four hours. Exactly what and I did. The recovery from that costs them 15 20 30 minutes depending on exactly the proximity to the to the race but but it costs you anyway even if you allow a, your recovery time it costs you anyway because it costs you in those 10 to 14 days of training so the two minutes that you gain you lose it anyway so it's madness well, in the end, it cost me 49 minutes because I did 9.49. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Jim, is, yeah. there, is there anything else? I know you, you mentioned the heat and you, you talk about getting a, a treadmill. Unfortunately, that's one of the, uh, I guess, the, the downsides of living in, in, in the UK and uh, training for comrades when, when you do. The, the heat is just something you, you really do struggle with. Is there anything else that we can, we can help you with today? The heat was a big issue for me last year in 2016. I, um, I, I, I rarely battled. I mean, it wasn't that warm in South African terms, but from a Scottish point of view, it was sweltering, and I thought it would be all right, and I, and I could actually feel it. I remember putting ice in my mouth around about Hillcrest, Winston Park, and it was the most exotic kind of amazing thing I'd ever, ever experienced. It, it was just so hot. Um, so, and, I, and I, having raised the heat issue as a concern, I then read your blog um, about advice for all international runners, which covers travel, etc. And the heat bit in there was fantastic. So um, to run in extra clothing and to, to get a treadmill um, in a warm room and put a kettle on for some humidity, um, I'm definitely going to be doing that. So, so that's, that's very helpful. And, and, it, and it makes a big difference. I remember when I moved to the UK from South Africa as a teenage runner, um, if it got really hot here, suddenly I'd be 10, 15 places higher than I, than I was because I was used to the heat and, and the other Brits weren't. But um, now, I'm, now I'm very climatized to this and it's, it's difficult in the heat. I'm also going to give you a website to go on because since we did that blog, I've been approached by these guys. Um, it's idenix, I-D-E-N-I-X-X.com. And they have developed a material that when you sweat, it absorbs the sweat and it undergoes a chemi- chemical reaction and the garment itself cools down. Wow. And so that is a great way of of or for, particularly for people who um yeah who who are coming from from Europe or, or North America that are coming from a northern hemisphere winter and then um and coming into our so-called winter their it's summer like a summer here yeah, yeah it's like a their summer, summer yeah. coming into our so-called winter which our our winter is nearly 20 degrees warmer on exactly. Sunday exactly um, it really works and they have caps and and arm and all sorts of stuff. I, I, I haven't uh, run in it, but I have tried the garments and wet it, and it gets considerably cooler as soon as it gets wet. So that is definitely something to go and have a look at. They, 
they're based in Germany, so I'm pretty sure it won't be too yeah, difficult. Be easy. Yeah, I I, um, I I remember kind of being um, amazed by a little research afterwards to, to, to learn a little bit about how much energy your body uses up trying to cool down when you're not used to the heat. Um, yeah. And that, that is definitely um, something that, that played on there. But other little things like you get the comrade's hat in the expo, and I'd never worn a hat in training, but I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll wear a hat to, to, um, to keep the sun off my face. But that just stopped the heat getting out of my head. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. added another layer um, of things that I hadn't kind of thought through. So, so yeah, that, all that's going to come into play. Well, sounds cool. brilliant. Well, Jim, you're a member of the Coach Barry Online community. The forums are there. Hop yep. in. Lindsay's in there sort of every day. So if you've got any questions or if you need any help, just hop in there and we'll get you sorted uh, ASAP. Thanks for your time today. Much appreciated. It was great to catch up again. And, uh, yeah, keep in, keep in contact. We can see how things go towards the end of this year and then obviously in the build-up to, to Comrades 2018. Incredibly grateful. Thank you very much. See you at the Expo in 2018. Cool, Jim. Have a good year. Thanks, Lizzie. Thanks, Brad.